All right, folks, welcome back to Life's Mountain with Wire basketball podcast. That's right. We're talking hoops. Like I promised, if you heard our prior bowl, football, extravaganza, first preview look, mwr.com where you can find us. Uh, what do we call it, Eli? Kind of hoping Nevada brings in the page views and people read about it and not San- and maybe San Jose State getting a win. Are those yeah. Two yeah, big things people like. <laughs> yes, in front of the top and in front of the bottom, that's for sure. Oh, man. Uh, we're talking hoops. It's been a while. Scott, we, we could make the lame excuse and say um or the the actual excuse we're busy lame excuse the league's so bad we don't want to talk about it very often <laughs> yeah we're just not in a good mood with the other 10 teams in the league right now all right so here's what we're gonna do we're gonna kind of talk about what's been going on the past couple weeks a little bit nothing in too depth because i think we talked right around maui time or feast week but since then it's um we do our power pools it's nevada um, I guess Fresno and Utah State and everybody else, and then San Jose and Air Force at the bottom, right? Is that mm-hmm. kind of how we're going? Yeah, I mean, hey, San Jose, San Jose State got a win this week. They got more wins than New Mexico and San Jose State combined. Oh, so how about that? <laughs> that's a, hey, that's the data. They get Northern Arizona Saturday. That's a maybe. It's NA, a winnable game. NAU's two and six, so there you go. All right. I, hold on, wait. Let me see if I can pull it up here if they have it. Oh, they don't have pick center. Dang, let's give the BPI challenge <laughs> right off the bat. <laughs> but, okay, seriously, no. The league, it's – there was one week in our power pool. We do every week. It hasn't changed too much where, the, what, the top five teams won every game and the bottom half lost every game, I think, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned something about like, Ken Palm, top 400 losses or something. What was – where? Yeah, actually, say, I could probably pull that up. It's the same Pretty type, big. same yeah. type of deal. Where, great, Nevada gets to win. Fresno, all these top, I think, hundred wins. Oh, yeah, I got it. I got it. Uh, as of December tenth, Nevada, Utah State, and Fresno State combined were twenty-five and four with seven top one hundred wins against the Ken Palm, or seven top one hundred Ken Palm wins, zero sub one hundred Ken Palm losses, and the rest of the league is thirty and thirty-nine with one combined top one hundred Ken Palm win and twenty-four sub one hundred losses. <sighs> That's not yeah. good. Ouch, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's get to the let's, – let's, I, I don't know what the deal is. Like, here's inter- a couple interesting things. Justin James is really good. He had a 30-20 and 20 game. But while we I, – I, I made my bet early in the season or preseason, like, say, hey, watch him go off and score 30 to 40 points, 25, 20, whatever, a ton of points every game and be in contention. I think I have to throw that out the window because – He's not winning. They're not winning, even though he's playing one of the best in the conference. And so I, that's one prediction. I can, is that safely to count out Eli already? Yeah, I think that's pretty safe because he leads the conference in just about every major statistical category, and Wyoming is terrible. Three and seven. Yeah, they, and they've had some really bad losses at home, um, losing to Denver, losing to Niagara at home. Northern Colorado at home. UC Santa Barbara, like we could, we could uh, keep going. The Gauchos. It's, it's just been, yeah, it's been brutal. Um, so, and Justin James just can't do it all by himself. And so, I've heard a lot of people talking about how this might impact the trajectory of his post Wyoming career. And I don't really know how much it will impact it, but it's just a shame to see someone who's of his caliber that's on a team that's struggling so much. Yeah, and this team is, has been pretty good in the past couple of years, like when they had Josh Adams, Larry Nance, even the last couple of years, Hayden Dalton. It's it's just unfortunate that it's, were, I guess, what Alan Edwards isn't bringing a good talent around him. There, it's yeah, That's part of it too, right? When you have a team where you have a great home court advantage, 
you have a coach we thought was pretty good, at least maybe still TBD at the moment. And they still have four players like averaging more than, I guess, depends who's Hunter Thompson hasn't played every game. But they have a couple guys who could score. But it's more of bringing talent around him. And it's like had him and Hayden Dalton, they could make a run. Like they beat Nevada last year, remember? They beat him at home. But why are they – it's just I, – I'm, I'm going to say it. They're not bringing in good players around him. And it's maybe a little coaching. But, dang. If he had a, a decent one or two guys, put him on any other team. Oh, well, no, I can't say that because a lot of teams are terrible. <laughs> put him on some teams, he'd be great. And he's like, even with the team so bad, you have to kind of watch what he's doing, keep one eye on what, what I'm doing because that 30 and 20 game, who saw that coming? Nobody. That's like, what, five times in the past couple decades? Five times this decade or something like that that mm-hmm. has happened? And a loss to boot? It's like, come on. Yeah, they didn't even, they didn't even win that night. And, uh, Things are only getting worse because their senior point guard, Nye Redding, was uh, involved in an altercation this past weekend. He's been suspended indefinitely. And that already adds on to all the injuries that Wyoming has suffered and the influx of new talent because of last year's um, graduated starters. So it's just kind of a mess right now in Laramie. But they're not the only team that's having their issues. Oh, no, there's plenty of teams. <laughs> you have... Uh, Mexico. New Mexico. Let's go to Mexico. Right. They are. Pro- I would say at this point, they're probably are they the biggest disappointment maybe so far. Yes. Yeah, I would say so. Because also they have um, eligibility issues. Um, is it? Um, shoot. Carlton Bragg. Yeah, Car- I was gonna say Colton Bragg. I knew it was it. Carlton Bragg. He's should be back. He's gonna be back in December, right? In a week or so. I believe he misses just one more game and then he's back. Maybe that could be something to, to be to well not to be to get them back on the right track. But we all thought like, okay, they should be. I know they had the injury preseason, which is huge for their guys coming to foot. Was it the Achilles or foot injury? They're missing some players there. But they even with that, like, okay, this will be fine. Because last year, they weren't anything special until early February when they started finally winning. Mm-hmm. But they are sitting at an abysmal, I guess, only 4-4. Four and four, But it, it seems worse than 4-4. Four and four. It, it feels much worse. Because they, yeah. they've lost part of it. Here it is. Three to row losses. They don't just lose to New Mexico State. They get obliterated by 35 points. St. Mary's, who's probably a little bit better than we thought, 25 points. Then they lose to Colorado. Not just lose, but blow a 17-point home lead. You should never blow huge leads at the pit against any team. And Colorado, they're pretty good. They're, what, 8-1, 9-1. But, man, you have that huge lead, and then Paul Weir just storms off in the press conference. Like, I'm out of here, guys. Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly not what we expected, even with the injury to Jaquan Lyle. I didn't think that things would go south this fast, but the defense has just been atrocious. Uh, they can't stop anyone. I think the fewest points that they've allowed this year is 75. Um, and I know that they run up-tempo, they run up and down the floor, so opponents are going to score more points, but they're not even efficient defensively. They're 255th in adjusted defensive efficiency. Um, it just it hasn't been working so far. Paul Weir has said, though, that Carlton Bragg has been a big-time leader in practice and off the court and such. So once he returns, I think that does help this team. But to think that that's going to just redirect all the issues that they have overnight, I think um, I don't think that's going to happen. But something needs to change because what's going on right now is not working. And, and a lot of people are questioning some of Paul Weird's coaching um, techniques with such a focus on Things like passing deflections. I think a lot of people are kind of fed up about that now. It was mm-hmm. working last year, and now it's just kind of gimmicky. It, yeah, it kind of is. And what he does with his starting lineup, um, because New Mexico started 
Soul out of the gates in almost every one of their games this year, minus the Colorado game. And even when they have won, and their four wins, they've beat mediocre opponents by just one or two possessions. So, mm-hmm. um, and it's not going to get any easier because they have they have Penn on the twenty second, and Penn just beat Villanova, and then they have Miami Nevada. Yeah, yeah. Miami. come on, don't forget about that one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they have uh, Nevada in their second conference game at home and so it's it's certainly not going to get any easier than it is right now there's also the pregame fight yeah yeah issues with Corey manigal it's just been it's been very hectic for this team also the tip drill or whatever deflection thing i get it it's kind of fun to do even last year that was kind of odd but it worked so it's where it's like okay it's odd but it works he's a genius it's odd it doesn't work he's terrible it's clearly not either way but if you want to be a team that's like not to be taken seriously, but to be a co- just consistent wise, wouldn't you want to have basically a starting lineup that's about eighty five percent, ninety percent the same every game, so you can instead of playing a guy who's happened to have a great practice day because he wanted to practice and some other guy felt crappy because he ate too much before he practiced. I don't know where he wasn't trying as hard, and so he doesn't get to start or something. Some guy rarely plays starts. I don't. I haven't looked over the. I, sh- I could probably look now the minutes um, kind of dispar- discrepancy, which they play a lot of guys. They have a ton of guys who play twenty plus minutes a game. But consistency is a big deal. If you have the same guys playing in rotation, that's why there's rotations. I get what he's doing for motivation to practice hard because he's thinking, okay, if you practice that hard games will be easier you're all motivated to want to get get playing time which is great i get but there needs to be a different way don't just go off some obscure stat where guy who has long arms plays more because he has long arms he can knock the ball away in practice yeah yeah get it just get together and just have your starting lineup and go for it because like i said just consistency it's like i was trying to think of an example but another better one of a certain team but just have your same guys out there playing it's going to be better because you get used to each other there's new a lot of new players on this team as well it's not the same whole same group from last year but they're a disappointment boise state's a disappointment they're Ooh. well they play oregon's so that's a double disappointment so who knows what happens? they have there. to play them twice too twice home and home hey not a ranked oregon team so there's that yeah but i don't it, know it dude, boise's just uh those are okay teams, at least I guess. Grant Kane in Illinois State's not too bad, but Idaho State still. Whew. And uh, they're playing tight with Division Two Central Washington for quite a while. Um, Alabama State, it took forever for them to pull away. They actually trailed at five at halftime to one of the worst teams in Division One basketball. They struggled against Jackson State. They're three hundred forty seventh in Kempom right now. Two swag it's, teams there. Come on, swag. Oh gosh, it's it's just. It's just I, bad. I, it's, I it's just a rebuilding year, it seems. It's bad everywhere. It's like Boise State. Yeah, QNLV thought it might be better. They're getting fussy about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know what's the most interesting thing, I would say, in the league is that the two new coaches, first-year coaches, are, pro- are having the best seasons outside of we'll get yeah. to Nevada yeah. ju- with um, Craig Smith and um, oh, shoot, and uh, Justin Hudson. Yeah, Hudson. Yeah, Justin Hudson, Fresno. And then Fresno, Deshaun Taylor, He's uh, was a dislocated yeah. elbow. Is that the issue? Yeah, he's going to be out at least a month too. So even at the top, <sighs> there, there are some uh, dents in the system. Yeah, it's it's tough. But I think Fresno State will be okay because the guards that they do have behind Taylor have been producing even before his injury. So they should be all right. But again, it just makes things that much more challenging. And I'm going to say now, that's a one big league no matter what, I'd say. Almost no matter what. If, if Nevada doesn't win the 
tournament, then that changes things. But as of right now, Nevada far and away is the only team that is even in concession, even in uh, contention for an at-large bid. Yeah, I know what I realized too, which is awesome. They're a West, they're a Western team. They, if they kind of do their trajectory, they're probably what maybe three seed at worst, possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, regional regional NSA tournament down the street from me, so maybe I'll see Nevada in person go. finally. That, that's a, a selfish thing that hopefully happens, but. At first, no. Look at who they play. They got Cal, who's okay. Tennessee Martin, whatever. UVU's not great. They'll probably be third in the whack. San Jose State, CSU's. Yeah. So they have a, They don't really have any big challenge until like Utah State, and that's not until the first week of January or second week mm-hmm. actually. So maybe they can weather the storm and win most of those games. I don't know. Um, we should maybe we shouldn't officially count count it out because I've seen a few places Utah State getting at large consideration. Fresno State as well. So we shouldn't say for certain, but it's a uh, it's gonna take a lot. It is going to take quite a bit, and I wanted to ask you this and get your opinion on it because it's been something that has kind of come to mind these last few days as the bottom eight teams have struggled. Do you think that, at least from Nevada's perspective, with the way the rest of the league going, would you prefer? the rest of the league to be down so that you can just blow out opponents and just rack up wins? Or do you think that it, this makes things a bit more challenging in terms of seeding and how the NCAA tournament selection process will go? I would say, what did St. Joe's do a couple years ago? Well, no, not even St. Joe's, but Gonzaga got a one seed by playing a West Coast Conference, which is, what, ninth at best in RPI, mm-hmm. Ken Palm. So it may not even really matter, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but here, but really, seriously, if you're a top three seed, what's the difference between a one, two, and three seed? You know what I mean? You sort of protected in your region if you're a top four seed, right? Isn't that how they do it now? You kind of try to protect one through four. Mm-hmm. Yep. So basically, if you're even top four, I'd rather be three because four gets a little bit dicey after that first if you get that first win. But if you're a top three seed, you're fine. And so if they win, yeah, they're stuck around seven. They dropped after beating Arizona State, uh, being a decent Grand Canyon team. Um, It'll be – it's not that big a deal. It's just they're, they're that much better than the league. It doesn't really matter. But if the league was better, all it would mean would be it would help them get maybe number one seed. Mm-hmm. Well, I think if they go undefeated, which isn't completely out of the realm of possibility right now. Ken Palm has the unbeaten percentage right now at 12.5. So it's not I – mean, one out of every eight years they would go undefeated in this situation. I think if they do enter the NCAA tournament undefeated, they will get a one seed. You think so? Yeah, I, I think so. Do they? Yeah. Is there a way to organize? I'm looking at that Ken Palm page now. Is there a way to organize by nationally for that undefeated record-wise? No, but I know that I don't think any other team has higher than a 1% chance. Because there's only, what, eight undefeated teams, right? Maybe 10? I think there's I think there's nine left, maybe eight. Not, not mad. I was going through it the other day. Like, Houston's undefeated. That's probably the next closest that might have a uh, chance, like that percentage-wise, because they're in the American Conference, mm-hmm. which – Better than better than Mountain West, but still not like what the Big Twelve or Big Ten or whoever else undefeated. Like Virginia is still undefeated, stuff like that. So, yeah, I want to say no other team has higher than a one percent chance. Uh, Buffalo is who's a pretty solid. Oh, and they're only at point two. They're undefeated. Buffalo still. Mm-hmm. I looked at the score last week. I'm like, I was just like, why is it Buffalo? Is it getting one of the just some score update for something? I'm like, I know women's Buffalo basketball has been good. I'm like, is this men's basketball? Are they really that good? Apparently they are. <laughs> yeah, they've been um, playing. Pretty good basketball. Interesting. Yeah, Houston's 0.07% chance going defeated the rest of the way. Hmm. You know yeah, I mean, yeah. Thursday, they play Utah State. Okay. Down at uh, Hall Fines Pavilion there in University of Houston. So 
But with Nevada, like, how high can they get ranked? Because you say number one seed if they go undefeated, which possibly. Well, I guess really good possibility with that. How are they going to get higher in the polls? Because they've dropped the past couple weeks. They beat Arizona State, who is ranked neutral site. Grand Canyon neutral site. Um, who else did they beat? USC at USC. And, and Loyola Chicago on the road as well. And they're okay. But still, a decent win. They keep dropping. Loyola Chicago is 5-5, five and five, so maybe we hold off on saying that's a good win, really. It's a payback win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a decent road yeah, win. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a road win. They're still a solid team, even though they've lost, they've lost what, four or five. Not good. But what will it take to get them in top five? I contend it'll take other teams losing ahead of them, not necessarily what Nevada does, but what other teams do around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, yeah, they certainly aren't going to leap anyone, especially with how the conference has played out, because the best win that Nevada can get from here on out, minus the South Dakota State game, is against, what, Utah State, Fresno State, San Diego State, if they turn it around. And that's not going to, I mean, that's not going to get AP voters' attention. It just won't. Yeah, one AP voter is a dummy, but we're not going to talk about that guy. Oh, gosh. Um, (laughs) It's been a long week. (laughs) That's why Gary Parish poll tax is the best thing to read all the time. It is, yeah. Not not just because the past week of some dummy with some arbitrary rule of playing non-road games. But that was so stupid. It's so dumb. So we'll, we'll get into it because we'll have some fun with it because we'll, there's other stuff to get to, and we've only done 15 minutes, so we're going to talk more hoops. So I don't care. I don't remember the guy's name. He's some guy in Michigan, whatever. Doesn't rake Tennessee, Kansas, and Duke. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are the top three teams in the country, if I'm not mistaken, or right around there in the AP poll. Mm-hmm. They're all top five, I believe. He decides not to rake them because they're not going the road, even though if you read Gary Parish poll attacks, which he should every week, um, it's stupid, arbitrary remark about him. It's also, it's not just it's dumb. He wants attention. I know why he's doing it, so I didn't link to it. I just screenshot like, hey, read it, your own risk. I actually did read it because I wanted to kind of know why, even though he does this every year. It's a, not a His remark- polls are consistently terrible. <laughs> there like, you go. I, I mean, this is not the first time. No. I'm pretty sure Gary Parrish rips him like every other week. And one of the first comments on Twitter was Sam Vecini over the Athletic. He does like NBA draft and college <laughs> stuff too. He he put a comment. Hey, you need to get to the point where he put up. I think Iowa State, who lost to I think it was Iowa State, who lost to Michigan State, his own team he covers and moved them up like ten spots. Oh yeah, so, yeah. There are some inconsistencies with what he said too, because there are like a team. There's a team that won on the road against a team that he has in his top twenty-five, and he dropped them like five spots. What do you think so Arizona it, State like, was? I think Arizona I, State was one of those two where they didn't play a road game. It gear. might be. I don't know. But yeah. it's – okay, you can have – if you're going to do that – no, it is – no. it no, is. It, don't do it. Yeah, yeah, well, don't do it. But here's the thing. Arizona State, who I believe he had ranked, they don't have a road game. They they're they had one scheduled at San Francisco, postponed due to – I think it's during that, the campfire up in Northern California. Mm-hmm. So they have not played a road game. They had the neutral versus Nevada, but I believe he had them ranked. So he's just looking up the top teams. He's really good. And say, oh, they haven't played a road game, not going to rank them, but not going through and doing, hey, if you're going to do it, do it right, even if it's stupid. Be consistent with your stupidity. <laughs> yeah, dude, you have to be consistent. And, um, you, and you, yeah. can, you can be a guy, like I used to do a poll, like a top 25 college football poll, football poll, where it was kind of like that, but not really. I would basically, and it's only like week one or week two. This college basketball has been around for uh, six weeks. So it's not like he was, here's the thing, he's been ranking Duke, Kansas all along until now. Yeah, that's that's see that's the part that doesn't give me. It's like you have to play a road game by the fifth weekend, or else you're gonna get dropped from the AP poll. 
Yeah, but I don't know. Not a requirement either, as mentioned. You don't have to play yeah. road game until league play. Speaking of which, Nevada has not been at home since November nineteenth. That's right. That's they're, kind of crazy. They're back at Lowler. Like it's week. They're back when they play. Is it? We'll get to them. Was it? Uh, South, South Dakota, Dakota State. State. Who put up yeah. ninety in the first half? Yeah. Did they win that game? I'm assuming. Yes, of course. They <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so okay, let's get back to Nevada. Here. We'll get off the stupid poll stuff. Just I mean, disregard. But the only way Nevada's gonna get top five is if like Kansas loses, Duke loses, and mm-hmm. like Gonzaga or Michigan stuff like that lose, and they'll who knows if they. Plus, also Nevada, don't don't be losing by 15 points because that'll come back to bite them big time. If they, oh, yeah. you can't always pull a Texas, Cincinnati, Arizona State. Or other teams this year down double digits and come back and win USC as well. It's like I want. That's my big concern with them is like, don't get behind by ten or fifteen points and have to come back. Be ahead. Yeah, eventually, it's not going to happen that the way that they think it's going to happen. You're correct. Um, you can't. It's just that's lame. But they, yeah, they have a home game finally. The last home game was um, UMass. Is that it, or was that a neutral game? That's Vegas. It was uh, yeah, Cal Baptist on November nineteenth. So yeah, Cal Baptist. So you got that. They got great. They have South Dakota State, who, like I said, put up ninety. They are sitting at a solid nine and three. They have a new head coach because Craig Smith, as we know, is now head of Utah State. They scored one hundred thirty nine points in that game. They scored one hundred one versus Southern. Yeah, these guys can score. They, I mean, they have probably the. I don't know about the best mid major player because there are quite a quite a few good players, but Mike Dom is. Uh, certainly one of the best players in the country. And then David Jenkins, who mm-hmm. I believe he was down to Boise State and South Dakota State during his recruitment. He's been he's been phenomenal as well. So they have two really good scores on this team. Yeah, they, knew, they played Memphis pretty close in the road, who Penny Hardaway, man. Whew, Memphis could be back in like two years. Maybe mm-hmm. they're, they're really good. Recru- he's still guys from Kentucky, so watch out, Cal. He's coming to get you. <laughs> yeah. uh, but this game, like, okay, let's play it real quick because we'll play our BPI game. Because that's what we do here. Because it's ridiculous and it's hard. So this game is Saturday afternoon. So hopefully you hear this by then, or excuse me, Saturday evening, six uh, Pacific time, out there at uh, Nevada. So if you're around, go check it out. Get tickets. Go see the game. Have fun. What do you think the BPI is for this game? Um, I'll say Nevada at about eighty-one percent. You're getting better. Ninety-one point seven percent. 91, okay. That's a lot. They are favored, like what Ken Palm has them by a solid 16 point. That's a lot of points. Yeah. Because. Especially, especially against a team that can score as well as South Dakota State can. And the way how bad Nevada's defense is as well. Not bad, but not good. Right? Is that a good way to put it? They are 32 defensive efficiency, so that's still pretty solid. It's getting better. It still has quite a ways to go, and they're going to be tested on Saturday. What, is turn- what does turnover percentage mean? How many times do you turn the ball over? It's uh, the percentage of possessions that end with the turnover. So they're not good doing that defensively because 283 and bright red is not good. As far as yeah. <laughs> green, green is good, red is bad. Uh, I want to see this game. This uh, this could be a sneaky good game because, mm-hmm. like you said, the way San Diego, or excuse me, not San Diego, South Dakota scores, the way Nevada likes to have come, drama, maybe that's what they're doing. They're just messing around. Like uh, It's like, let's get them a 10, 12 point. They don't show them who we are. But no, don't do that. But... The tendency to be down, and if this South Dakota State team gets hot, which is very likely, this could be a game where it's like whoever gets to 100 points wins. 
Yeah, it could be. I mean, statistically, South Dakota State is the third best shooting team in the nation right now, and they're second in three-point percentage. So Nevada has to be Ooh, on it point. defensively. And the other question mark that people have noted for this game is that South Dakota State is expected to play quite a bit of zone defense, Uh-oh. and that's been a bit of an issue for Nevada's offense when they get cold from the perimeter. I know that the Martin Twins have really struggled lately from um, on their jump shots and from three-point range. And so if they come out cold, they're probably going to be in an early hole again that they'll have to dig back out of. Um, but we'll see how this one plays out. I still think I'm comfortable with Nevada winning by 10 points or so, but this one could this could be a very good game. It very well could be. Um, also, um, just attack the basket. You get the free throw line. Just go do that if your threes aren't dropping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Caleb Martin did an excellent job at that in the Arizona State game because he was really struggling from the field, and once he started attacking, he heated up, and um, that really helped out the team in the second half. So how big a deal is that Lindsey Drew's out for the year? You know, I think as the season progressed, I think more people figured that it wasn't going to happen, that he wasn't going to come back, and especially with how the team is set up now with Cody Martin running the point, and you have uh, guys like Jazz Johnson and Nusrei Zuzwa who have been really good at the guard positions. He was probably going to be somewhat buried in the depth chart, even as how good he is. And so if if they're able to get another year of eligibility out of him and still uh, keep this thing going, they're 10-0 right now, and they seem to um, certainly be on the rise. I think it's fine, but there probably are going to be instances this year where some Nevada fans wonder. It, I mean, it sure would be nice to have Lindsey Drew right now for his perimeter defense or his passing or all the intangibles that he brings to the basketball court. So, okay. As he had the hip surgery he's having. He had the Achilles. We saw that right in front of us. That was pretty nasty mm-hmm. last uh, March. Um, so, you have Nevada. They got – this is just kind of going through what they have this week. They have um, South Dakota State. Is that Arkansas? No, it's Akron. Sorry, AKR. Oh, hey, should I um? I should ask people this. So, December 29th is Saturday afternoon. Nevada plays at Utah. Should I go to that game? Of course, you should go. <laughs> it's a noon tip on the good old Pac-12 network. Maybe I will go check them out in person to go. Maybe maybe I'll see if I can. Uh, I'll send a quick email to their basketball guru there and see if they can let me in because I don't want to pay for tickets. But I'm, <laughs> well, I'm just saying, if you can go for free, like, it's uh, get some decent, well, probably some pizza for games. It's not football; or they feed you nicely. But I think, I mean, I think I will see if I can um, head down there for a mid after early afternoon basketball game to see a route of my Utah team losing to Nevada. <laughs> Are you confirming that being a route? Oh, Utah's terrible. Come on, they Man. okay? Really quick, uh, BPI right now, eighty-four percent chance for Nevada to win. Yeah, I think that's about accurate. I had I had some high hopes for this Utah team. I wrote their page in the uh, Lindy's magazine. I thought this team was going to be pretty good, but that has not been the case did, so far. I think that was like four seniors from my, four starters from, or seniors from last year's team. They did lose quite a bit, but they had some pretty solid newcomers, or at least what I thought were going to be solid newcomers. Their victories: but, Maine, Mississippi Valley State, Grand Canyon, and Tulsa. And they like the UNLV schedule. Oh. <laughs> This is the most interesting game on the schedule. Not to go into make Utah talk, but they play at Kentucky, which is kind of a big deal because it's Kentucky and they played in the 98 title game, which Utah should have won. But I won't, I won't go regress <laughs> blowing a double-digit first-half lead. The game's at 5 p.m. Eastern today on Friday. Hmm. It's on ESPN2. So that's, like, that's like kind of a weird, weird time for a basketball game. 
That is odd. I think it's part of some tournament type deal or maybe some event, but I just happen to see him like, oh, it's a three o'clock game for me. All right, then. That's just my little side thought. Um, all right, let's get to San Diego State here really quick because we want to kind of get a few more things in here to keep it going. We'll get to scheduling later, maybe play some BPI games. So, actually, no. Yeah, I, I already said it. We to Aztecs. Um, so, Eli, what's the deal with the Aztecs? On the court stuff, first of all. On the court, okay. <laughs> um, Specify, yes. That's very, there, very important. It, it was a really bad week last week, and we'll go into why it got worse. But... Uh, San Diego State picked up a road win in the Mountain West Missouri Valley Challenge against Illinois State. Um, they played pretty well in that game. And then they hosted San Diego, who is <laughs> Dororos. <laughs> who is a pretty decent WCC team. I watched them play against UW uh, earlier this year, and I, I was fairly impressed by them. They, they had a win against Colorado as well, and um, they played Ole Miss pretty tightly. But... San Jose State just did not play well in this game. They lost by 12 points. It's the, I think they've they're two and two in their last four games against the Toreros. The other one being the Petco Park loss. Um, but the yeah. defense just continues to be an issue. And then they followed that up. They went on the road to play um, Cal and Berkeley, and the defense was basically non-existent. They let Cal just shoot whatever they want. The Golden Bears were 13 of 28 from deep, and also got to the line 20 times. Um, they just got shredded on the defensive end. And although the offense played really well, um, Jeremy Hensley had a really good game. It was good to see him knock down shots from the perimeter where he struggled recently. But they score 83 points on the road. They are unable to come up with the victory. And now this team who is consistently known, at least program-wise, as one of the stronger defensive programs in on the West Coast, they're now 143rd in defensive yeah. efficiency, and that is that is foreign to what this team has been in the past, especially under Steve Fisher. Anything besides top 20 nationally defense was a massive disappointment, and now they are average on the national scale. Yeah, and then you have guys like Matt Mitchell's inconsistent scoring. He'll score 10 points here, 20 here, 13 here, seven here. They have like they have talent on this team, but it's just it's okay. Even if the defense wasn't doing its thing. I feel they have enough offensive players to stick with games, like with uh, Jalen McDaniels, Devin Watson. Those guys should be able to score points and do good. It's and Cal's not a great team either. They're just an okay team in a Pac-12. They're not like some powerhouse basketball program. And they give up 89. It's like they used to beat every team in state that they played because UCLA will never play them. Like USC doesn't want to play them, so they'll go beat Cal. They'll go beat uh, Stanford. They'll go beat San Diego. I guess sometimes. Half the time. <laughs> and, and Cal's bad. They entered the game having only beaten Hampton and Santa Clara, and they got throttled by Yale, um, Temple, St. Mary's, and also San Francisco before that game. So do we, um, before we get to the bad stuff for San Diego State quickly, do, are they get, can they turn it around like last year? Because last year they weren't that great and figured they came on so strong, they played so well that it was kind of carry over. And it's not, is it losing like they lost – Hudson to Fresno to be their head coach. Is it losing him? Is it just different coaching style? Even though Dutcher's been around forever, hanging around with the oh shoot shoot um, <laughs> Fisher. Excuse me, Steve Fisher. Yeah, yeah thinking of Alfred for some reason. No Fisher forever, and so you'd think it'd be a similar type of play and team. But they're sitting at they are six and four, but it's like a bad six and four because you go back farther, they get thrashed by Duke, which a lot of people do. But they have to make a huge comeback versus Xavier. They are not competitive versus Iowa State. And 
Their best win is probably Illinois State, which is okay, but they're just not uh, – actually, can we make the case for Texas Southern being their best victory? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think Xavier probably is. <laughs> yeah, obviously, yeah, um, half kidding. But, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, Texas Southern is not a bad basketball program either. But it, I think San Diego State and New Mexico are kind of in the same boat here. They both have a ton of talent on their rosters, good coaching – but they've just been so bad defensively, and I think it's so much more challenging to win when you're bad on the defensive end than on the offensive end because just about any team can get hot. I mean, look what Cal did against San Diego State just this past week. Um, these these guys can obviously score. McDaniels is an excellent scorer. Watson and Hemsley. Um, Jordan Shackle has come on quite a bit. So the team can put up points, but until they start playing some defense, especially on the perimeter, I think they're going to continue to have struggles. I, I if if San Jose State were to match up with Nevada right now, they get absolutely pummeled. Exactly. All right, so let's get to the bad stuff here for San Diego State. There's two bad things. One's really bad, and one's just kind of stupid. So if you haven't read it, go read over at San Diego Union Tribune. There's uh, stuff going on. So I've kind of skimmed through this. So basically, Jalen McDaniels um, did stupid stuff in high school for what, sharing, sharing a sex video with girls he was with. So first off, your high school kids, don't be stupid. Just because, who? What? come on, why do you want to... There's whatever, there's reasons people do it, to do it, but why are you sharing stuff like that to other people? Because that's a big deal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're embarrassing people, it's stupid, it's whatever. Especially as a minor as well. Yeah, that as well. They're both minors, but still, regardless, it's still, it's... Come on, it can be embarrassing, it's, it can be humiliating, you could use it for... Black merits, blackmail, some people do. But, okay, that's bad enough as it is because he's being civiled, or excuse me, sued civilly. So nothing, like, it's not what happened was they're both want consensual for it, but it's, why are you sharing this stuff? That's where the issue comes into play, the big issue. Um, so, Eli, why is he still on the basketball team, and why is he still on scholarship? Why is he not even suspended or anything? Well, the explanation that Brian Dutcher gave in the program game is that this incident didn't happen while he was at San Diego State. Both of these acts, like you said, were when he was with um, Federal Way High School in Seattle as a senior in high school. And so that makes things a bit more complicated. That doesn't mean I agree with it. But um, I think they're, like, it, it just it makes things more complicated, the fact that this didn't occur while he was on San Diego State's campus. And I think Dutcher said... I don't know if he actually said this, but it sounded like if it were to had happened on the San Jose State campus, then he would have been suspended. But for now, they're just playing it by ear. Because here's the thing. It's like, I, I get that. Well, not just I get that, but I understand what they're trying to do. And this isn't a, like, he won't go to jail for this. Because the, what's happened, it's not like he's being, like I said, civil. So monetary pay pay whatever not pay back you know what I mean Monet, they're looking at civil which is a monetary exchange of some sort it's not anything where he they did against their will or anything it's it's filming this which is and then sharing it which is a crime so I get it wasn't always at school and then there's people oh there's all stuff going around the country all the time it's happening now people from years ago stuff happens they get in big trouble I'm not saying you should be kicked off the team because you're a dumb high school kid right I've done some, nothing like that but i've done dumb stuff i do dumb stuff now probably did something dumb last <laughs> week but it, it's a bad look to say to not do anything mm-hmm. because he's it is but to him like to get kicked off the team that's probably extreme 
Um, I they're probably because then like part of the article they look at the NFL and Kareem Hunt situation where the only reason they did something was because oh TMZ paid for video and NFL is not going to pay for videos. So I was like, well, if you want the truth, and that's clearly different than what happened here because Kareem Hunt was kicking and beating up on ladies, mm-hmm. so it's like no charges were filed, so Chiefs did nothing. Okay, that's fair. It's not the same at all. It's just a situation where it didn't happen at the location that the Chiefs or Kansas City happened on the offseason, not with the team. I would think you would want to like if you if you figure he's gonna be on the team because he's sued civilly why not have him say okay you're gonna sit for a couple games or something or because who knows how long these things take too right it could take a while mm-hmm. oh, yeah. i'm not sure how long it'll take to get this sorted out if he has to travel back and forth to washington or anything but have him i don't know i don't know i don't give out punishment what it is but just have him kind of don't just say it wasn't at our school so we're not gonna do anything He's probably changed every person a couple years later because it was a couple years ago. Maybe he's a different guy. Most people are to go to college for a while, move away from home. You get more jerks. You're older, just more responsibilities. So who knows if I don't want to speculate about what he's done since then, but he's probably a different person, which some people are. But then again, you can't just let it go for free and say, hey, you – it's just the response is bad. Like say you guys sit for three games and that's it because it wasn't like he hurts the physical – whatever. You know what I'm getting at. It's uh, – Something bad happened, clearly, that the other party didn't want to get out or happen because who wants to – why are you sharing that crap and stuff? There's no point. It's between those two people. Um, was it knowingly they did that? The, is that I didn't, re, I didn't catch the, that. Well, the, taping? the sex was consensual, but yeah. they were not aware that he was filming it. Ah, okay. There we go. I, I read through part of it. I must have missed up. Okay, that's, that's, okay, that's a huge deal. And then well, it gets worse. And then sharing, right, as well? Beyond he that. shared it, and he also shared it with his – high school basketball coach what? at Fedway and Dude. the coach did not do anything about it and the school and the high school was aware of it and they did not do anything about it and then the I believe the two women came forward to San Jose State um, and the police in San Diego and they also I don't believe acted on it so the school is now the Federal Way High School is now involved in a tort claim mm-hmm. uh, I think it's worth like three and a half million dollars because of their negligence. Yeah, that's, uh, and that's because they did they didn't handle it at all. They all that I saw in Ziegler's report, I believe, was that McDaniel's and his coach and the girls and their parents met after one of the practices to discuss what happened, and then they were forced to delete the videos and apologize. And so that's not going to really hold weight in this situation now that, it, that all these legal things are being involved. Yeah, the school. Oh, gee, that's even worse. So the high school is going to be in some, some trouble, and especially the high school basketball coach who has been put on leave, and he is actually, I believe, in the Federal Way High School Hall of Fame. Like, the whole thing's just a huge mess. Yeah, it's, that's huge. Like, if, if, if he showed the coach, coach would be like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. We'll be like, yeah. No, he just carried on from what it sounded like. Oh, my gosh. Okay. that it, See, I don't want to spend too much time on this because it's a pretty sensitive thing. I don't want to say anything stupid because I say stupid stuff probably. But <laughs> something if with all that – okay, with that extra information I did not get to or didn't see, you probably heard a bit more because it's up in your area kind of. So probably a few different stories. Yeah, front page of the Seattle Times today, yeah. Exactly. And so with that – information there do you think anything should have been done more i obviously we do we i think we both agree he should maybe chill for a week or two at least or something 
but knowing that that stuff happened, that should did Dutcher even know that type of stuff? I don't know. How much did he know when he levied down no punishment? I I don't know, but I do know that the police had made like two separate. Um, I don't know if investigation is the right word, but they had like two separate um, look-ins to this matter over the last couple years, and so I'm pretty sure that they would have been aware of this. But I I would have thought that he would have at least sat out the game against a Division Two team the night that it happened, but that wasn't the case. Yeah, at least so, do that. It's such a tough situation. It, not to say like, not to say that this is okay and that he should continue playing, but I just think it's so complicated. Yeah, because it's. Different I, don't, like, I, I don't know how to handle it actually. Yeah, because we've seen stuff around happening around the past year or two about stuff happened years ago. People get fired and stuff like that. But at the very least, if it, it happened day of the game, just say you're sitting tonight because first of all, to, on the basketball side, you're not going to lose to that team. And it gives you, okay, you're going to sit, then we'll discuss it because it happened that day. Why yeah. Why haven't played? Because even if he just, um, not that I agree with it, but, okay, sit to one game, we'll discuss it, and he's back playing versus BYU. Okay, whatever, he's back there on that, but there's no way he should have played the prior game against a, whatever Domingo's Hills is, mm-hmm. whatever it's called. So it's like they could handle it way better, and I, I get, I kind of get why they're doing it because they, I, I'm not going to say they're, a, they're after him, but when they're – it's not criminally, it's or it is, but it's what three million dollars. I guess their assumption he might have money someday. Not that that's the re- only reason why, but that's why people put out a huge lawsuit. I'm going to sue you for two hundred million dollars or something when mm-hmm. they think a future earnings could be there. But I'm not saying they're just going after his money. But I don't. Whatever timing happens, it's not. It's just two different locations. Just I think it's fine. San Diego police to get didn't get too involved, but they probably should have called. Hey, what happened here? Call up. Seattle, what's going on to kind of get some info, but yeah, the high school is in bigger trouble clearly for letting this go with this coach. But on Aztec basketball, it's like just sit him for a little bit. It's like just chill, figure, get out, get some more details, let him sit for a game or two, and then go from there. Like, all right, he's out indefinitely. And we saw with New Mexico last year. There's all sorts of players sitting suspended. Like he's out indefinitely. That just gives you time to do more research, look into it. Maybe he's mm-hmm. gone for one game or ten. Maybe he's not on the team. Maybe he is. We saw in New Mexico. We thought. Was it Matt Mattis? We thought would be done for the year, or something last year. But he's back in like a week. Yeah, there were a number of players last year that had suspensions that they came back. And the other thing that I found interesting that was one of the first things that came to mind after I saw this was remember last year when all the FBI stuff came out in February and mm-hmm. San Diego State, I believe, was the only team to suspend a player that was listed when Malik Pope sat out a game because he was listed in the FBI mm-hmm. scandal. I thought that, again, these are wildly different scenarios, but I think it's interesting that San Jose was the only program to punish a player or have them sit out a game. Well, you know what? Then... They did that. That's pretty clear. You can lose an ineligible player, lose the game. If they play him for the civil stuff, it's not going to impact eligibility or wins or losses by yeah, him playing. That, yeah, that is that is true. I just I think it's kind of interesting the It is though. How they they they've handled these situations. Not to say that it's necessarily bad or necessarily good, but um it is just it's a very complicated situation that's that's going on right now. Yeah, all right. Well, let's move on to some some basketball stuff. It's just be it's op it's all optics. It's like just 
whatever, have them sit for a little bit and then discuss what to go forward and what should be the proper. But to say nothing like, oh, it's not our issue because it happened 2,000 miles away is, a, is the worst possible out explanation. Mm-hmm. Oh, and just to make matters worse, Uh-oh. of course he has a younger brother who's a potential top five NBA draft pick who's considering San Diego State. That's so right. Um, there's that as well. <laughs> yeah, is what, Jaden McDaniels? Is that his yep. name? He's considered what Aztecs, I saw what Arizona, I think Duke as well probably. Yeah. Yeah, I think right. the tech is also involved, but yeah. So, all right, that's enough on that. It's just uh, whatever. Be better. Come on. Um, all right, so hey, do we need to? Should we do a quick sentence on another team like CSU, UNLV? Sure. Yeah. Some um, quick all right. So CSU also has a new coach. They're doing okay. They're five and five. They uh, Nico Medved's doing probably what we thought. However, I'm just glad they broke their four game losing streak. Yeah, me too. Even if it was not the prettiest, but I think this team has some potential, and they're still. Figuring things out, but they should be fine. Yeah, because they got South Dakota. They got at Long Beach State. They get to play in the good old pyramid out there at the on the ocean there or close mm-hmm. by. Uh, New Mexico State. So that's uh, they're about what we thought. We're doing okay, but just uh, squeak goodbye, Sam Houston State. Fine, they lost a couple Pac-12 teams, SIU, but uh, Sandy South Dakota State team got them too. So careful, Wolfpack. It's coming. That's right. I guess UNLV. They are here's want to talk about UNLV. They're four and three. It seems like a bad four and three because they've lost three in a row. They actually had a week off before they host, I guess, sort of host BYU this weekend. They played close versus Illinois. They played pretty close Cincinnati. I think their record, and then LMU loss isn't that bad because LMU is actually pretty good this year. They're playing much better than most people thought. Are they sitting at ten wins yet? I believe they are. Uh, I think they're close, aren't they? They're undefeated for a while. They are nine and one. Yeah, um, they've only losses to UCLA by a blowout. Regardless, that's a people we kind of give them some crap about losing to LMU because they're like seventh in the West. Or yeah, they're WCC, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. near the bottom. But they haven't beaten anybody good. That's the thing. Like Valpo's pretty good. They lost. Since he's good at Illinois, lose. Um, they got BYU, which will be interesting because Nick Emery's back for them after serving a nine-game suspension. For do you know why he suspended Eli? Nick Emery wasn't it improper benefits. Do you know what those amazing improper benefits were? Um, <laughs> it's the most BYU thing ever. I don't want to say something insensitive. No, no, it's nothing. No, nothing like no, nothing like a Brandon Davis situation. Nothing like that. Monetary. Oh. Um. Hmm. No, I, I have no idea. The wizard, wizarding world of Harry Potter, and you said, I believe, of a Volvo. <laughs> Wait, what? Like it's like nine thousand dollars worth of stuff. Like I think part of it was tickets to go into the Harry Potter world or something. Are you kidding me? <laughs> something like that. I think. No maybe, way. Yeah, something where it added up to be a decent amount of change, but it was. Like this a, is why he's been suspended. And why those wins were vacated those past two years. <laughs> oh my god! About ten grand of improper benefits, I think it is. But him being back because of a Volkswagen Jetta and a trip to Harry Potter. Yeah, stuff like that. So. <laughs> Oh my yeah. goodness! That's what I'm telling you. The most BYU thing ever. You get a you go to Harry Potter and a, a mid <laughs> a a mid-size a mid-range car, maybe at best a practical car. Oh, <laughs> oh this is fantastic! I didn't um, know this. Yeah, it was like under the table money. N- n- sort of, but more like trips and stuff. So, oh, man. yeah. So they're they're actually playing pretty well. They beat Utah that we mentioned before. Beat Utah State. They have been playing pretty good like the west coast conference is going to be pretty good they beat up on like they lost to houston which is a not a bad loss anymore illinois state they lost to weber state but that was before emory came back 
Um, I don't know. I, I don't want. I don't know what UNLV is going to be up to. How they're going to handle this? It's sort of at home, and it's one one thing I bring this up most importantly because it's a pretty big rival when UNLV hates BYU. So that's why you should watch it on ESPN three if you have access to that channel. Yoli Childs and Shakur Jusen is a fun matchup. Heck yeah, Yoli Childs. Uh, was it? I think he's NCAA Player of the Week last a couple weeks ago. Dang, yeah, he's a good ball player. He had a posterized dunk versus Utah. He, I think, it was was he preseason West Coast Player of the Year? Um, I, I thought huh. it was. I'm, I would be surprised if it wasn't someone from Gonzaga, but obviously Gonzaga. Um, <laughs> but he might have been because Gonzaga is somewhat balanced. He, they Brandon Clark, which San Jose State wish they could have back. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. But he is a legit NBA prospect. He'll be taking the draft. I think he tested the waters last year, but he is a freak of athlete. Um, yes, he was preseason player of the year. Hmm. So, um, yeah, that'll he, be a fun matchup. Yeah. It, it's it could be. Could be a good match. Well, hopefully, because BYU's pretty good. They're getting better with Emery. Uh, just yeah, during that game, like you said, Justin in there. I'll see what um, Marvin Menzies can do. Oh, I almost made a fun Dave Rice comparison. Um, oh boy. Yeah. Our my, at least my well, Tyler Bischoff does stuff now for I think ESPN Las Vegas. I'm on his show time to time. He used to do stuff with us a while back. He put in a, a little stat on their Facebook page. You may have saw it. I don't know if you saw it or not, but. UNLV is 2 of 17 in last possession shots under 30 seconds. Mm. I'm like, oh, Dave, the ghost of Dave, Dave Rice lingers over the Thomas and Mack. Do you think a lot of it has to do with Jovan Mooring last year? Could be. Maybe. Ugh. Yeah. But I just thought that. Cause yeah, that does carry over to last year. It was mm-hmm. something ridiculous. Number. I was going to put Dave Rice much, but I decided not to. So I'd stay <laughs> away from that one. Uh, anything else? Uh, Utah State's doing all right. They're surprising a bit. Um, can they keep it up, you think, the Aggies? I think they can keep it up. They've been uh, definitely – I would have to say that they've been the most pleasant, surprisingly team this year. Um, Sam Merrill's been really good, but he's gotten a lot of help, and that's what differentiates Utah State from Wyoming, which is – I think we both had that question heading in. Those two teams have such great players, but how much help would they get? Um, you have guys like Nemias Keda, who's probably been one of the best freshman big men in the entire country this year. Brock Miller's been good. Quinn Taylor's been really solid. You have guys coming off the bench who have been producing. So I, I really like this Utah State team. I'm excited for when they open conference play against Nevada. That should be a lot of fun. I, I, me too. Let's go through. There's like three games I want to talk about this week very briefly. Let's just play the BPI game. Oh, I think it's not up yet. Whatever. Cal, Cal at Fresno State on thir- on a thir- Wednesday night because Cal is only 3-5, and five, but I want just because Cal beat New Mexico. It's like, come on, Fresno, take care of business. Yeah. So we'll see what that. And I think Fresno. Plus, I want to see it's the first game without Taylor, correct? Uh, Did he play versus second, Long Beach State? Second game. Second okay. game. They yeah. beat Long Beach State by 21 with him on the bench. So I want to see what they can do versus Cal because mm-hmm. I think Cal's probably a, a bit better than Long Beach State, at least a little bit. It's at home. And then Utah, the game of the week, I think, you got UNLV BYU, which is Saturday afternoon, which is great. But I want to see Utah State Houston. Yeah, oh, that should be that should be a good one too. Yeah, because yeah, Houston is uh, ranked twenty fourth in one of the polls. I don't have in front of me, but they're ranked. Um, I wish I had Ken Palm number up in front of me. What that would be, but that would be would that be like an at large building victory? I'm assuming for the Aggies in the Mountain West. For sure, yeah. And this one can kind of come come up from behind because I think not that many ex- expected Houston to be that good. I don't think that they were picked to win the American, and which is somewhat down this year, but. Houston has now come from behind, and that's they're going to likely end up being the highest-ranked team that Utah State will play in the non-conference. So 
Right now, it's just a 28% chance of Utah State winning, according to Ken Palm, and it's on the road, and Houston's just such a difficult place to play. I think they've won 22 games in a row at home. But uh, that's a great test for Utah State and a, a bit of a warm-up for once they enter conference play because they have to go on the road to Reno to open league play. Yeah, Houston has some pretty good wins. Like, okay, they beat Oregon, who's not very good, but like Oklahoma State, LSU – they got St. Louis this weekend, I believe, uh, tomorrow on Saturday at the mid-afternoon game. But that's probably the game I'm most looking forward to the most because I want to see Utah State can be challenged. Not that they haven't been challenged. They have a couple losses. But a game where – because remember, they almost beat Arizona State, who's ranked top 20. They got blown up at BYU because I think part of the BYU thing was that was Nick Emery's first game back. And so it's like he got a bunch of hype and he's ready to go. And then Yoli Child. BYU just couldn't miss, right? Yeah, that's Yoli Childs had 31 and they were. Here's the difference that game, real quick 11 to 24, three point for BYU, 3 to 17, Utah State. Mm-hmm. So, and they shot like 56%, the, the Cougars did. So I want to see how that game goes. It's on, what channel? It was on ESPN, I believe, this week. I think I'm bouncing around my scheduling here. It is 6 p.m. Mountain time, so it's 7 Central, 5 Pacific. Oh, wait, I do have the BPI, Eli. I came across it somehow. Here we go. Wait for uh, Houston, Utah State? Yeah, what do you got? <laughs> um, I'm going to say Houston at uh, 79%. You're getting very good. Perfect. It was correct? 78.9%. Oh, man. So okay. I'll, I'll give it to you. <laughs> All right. Uh, that game also, real quick, ESPN3. So bust out your uh, Roku, Chrome Stick, Chromecast, or excuse me, Fire Stick or Chromecast. They're all the same to me. You're going to have to get the HDMI cable. I guess if you want to hook, yeah, if you hook up your uh, computer to the TV. I got a Roku TV recently. It's working much better than I thought it would. Very nice. No need for my Chromecast on this TV, so that's good. All right, um, I think we've uh, ex- exhausted our time on basketball. We've gone about an hour, which is rare for us, I believe, on the hoop side. So we did spend quite a bit on Jalen McDaniels, but we'll see. All right, so... I th- we Wait, don't. What ha- happens if Air Force beats Michigan on Saturday? Oh. Or well, that's on the twenty second. But that's next Saturday. Yeah. Um, if we're not back by then, um, Michigan's number eight in the country. Five. So. They're uh, undefeated, aren't they? Top five, I think. You know what that means? Nevada will be ahead of Michigan. That's what'll happen <laughs> in Ooh, the polls. Okay. Yeah, they're fifth in the they're fifth in the poll right now. True. All right, but uh, that's there's nothing else here. That we'll see. We we'll, we may be back next week. We're trying to get a schedule down, but we'll probably try to come back every ten days, maybe every week and a half, every other week or something until mm-hmm. league play starts, because schedules and all that fun stuff. But check us out mwr.com. We got obviously football stuff going on bowl season, a lot of basketball over the weekend. Look for Nevada stuff, Boise, Fresno, any basketball stuff we try to get to. Aztecs got plenty of guys for that. Uh, subscribe, obviously, if you have made it this far. Go to iTunes. Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast, just download it and say, hey, give us a holler and say thanks for listening. And see you next week, folks.